Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It was entertaining to watch, no question. Oh, yeah. But the Ravens, ugh, blowing leads left and right this year. This is a lot more about them than anybody else. 20 unanswered points, Carlin. 20. At some point, it's, it's got to stop. It's, it's ex- got to stop. It's inexcusable. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. These were two teams that we put at the very top of the AFC. And credit the Bills for coming back and winning the game after they were down 20-3. to But the Ravens, I'll tell you, this is absolutely brutal what is going on with them defensively. To blow that lead yesterday after what happened against Miami a couple of weeks ago, it is mind-boggling. And now when you have those other two teams up top with the Chiefs and the only undefeated team left in football in the Eagles, it does lead you to the question Who is going to be best of the rest? And that's what we want to hear from you about. Who is on that next tier to you? Who is the best of the rest? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your calls are coming here momentarily. The lines are open for you right now. But it's Monday, which means we must, we must, we must play a little round. I don't know about that. Canty and Carlin. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's our guy Brock Heward from a few weeks ago when there was a onside kick during a broadcast and Brock really didn't like it, didn't think it was good. I don't know about that. And so we saw something very similar yesterday with John Harbaugh. The Ravens, fourth down and goal inside the five-yard line. ESPN's win probability mode had 73, uh, 73.5% in the model for going for it and 69.7% by kicking it. So there's your dork stats, right? We all know <laughs> in that moment when it's not fourth and inches, fourth and goal inches inside the one, that the safer play is to kick the field goal. Chris. John Harbaugh did not kick the field goal. John Harbaugh opted to go for it, and what happened? Lamar Jackson threw an interception in the corner of the end zone. Didn't just throw it away, which would have pinned uh, the Bills back inside their own five, but no, instead threw a pick, which turns into a touchback, and the ball's out at the 20-yard line. It was, it was, it was not good. It was not good. Let's first hear Harbaugh's explanation on the decision. Well, I, th- I felt like it gave us the best chance to win the game. 
because seven, the worst that happens is if they go down the field and score, and I think we'll get them stopped. But if they go down the field and score a touchdown, the worst thing that can happen is that you're in overtime. But you kick a field goal there, now it's not a three-down game anymore. It's a four-down game. You're, you're putting them out there. You're putting your defense at a disadvantage because they've got four downs to convert all the way down the field and a chance to, again, score seven, and then you, you lose the game on a touchdown. So, and then the worst thing, the other thing, you think you're going to get the ball at the two-yard line. So I'm very confident in our defense. Defense's ability to stop them down there with the ball in the two-yard line. So we got them backed up. If we don't get it, didn't turn out that way, unfortunately, and we lost the game. So hindsight, you could take the points. But if you look at it analytically, I understand why we did it. Yeah, I'm sorry. When it's 73.5 to 69.7 analytically, not a good enough move. What that meant to me was that, in fact, John Harbaugh did not have any kind of confidence in his defense. Well, here's the thing. Do you trust the defense more or do you trust Lamar Jackson more? I and trust I think, Lamar Jackson more usually. Exactly, and that would be the latter. It just turns out that Lamar Jackson made a mistake that he can't make. You can't throw an interception in the end zone to Jordan Poirier and allow the Buffalo Bills offense to get the ball on the 20-yard line. If you can't make that a completion or make it a situation where it's a jump ball and only your receiver can get it and nobody else, throw that thing into the third row out of the end zone. Give the Bills offense the ball on the two-yard line and give your defense an opportunity to pin them deep. Because guess what? It's not a four-down game at that point because it's a tie game. The Buffalo Bills, when they're backed up, they're going to punt the football. And what does that mean? When you get the football, you're already going to be in Justin Tucker's range. That's what that means. And so I think that was a critical mistake by Lamar Jackson. And here's the thing. That Ravens offense was absolutely atrocious, save one drive in the second half. That was really the problem, Carlin. You're talking about them having three first downs in the third quarter. Back-to-back interceptions on their final possessions. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills, three of their final four possessions were scoring drives. That was the problem. The Ravens offense didn't do enough to keep that defense off the field and away from being exposed. So I completely agree with John Harbaugh's call. You can make the right decision and still not end up with the win. And I think that's an example of what happened yesterday's game. See, I don't know that he made the right decision. I would have kicked the field goal. I, I In that moment, I'm down there. I can't come out of there with nothing when there's that much time left on the clock. I mean, there's so much time left on the clock. I can't leave him there to do absolutely nothing. And what happened at the end, the Ravens should have let him score, and they actually didn't. When they got down inside the 10, and and you saw, I think it was Calais Campbell who was annoyed that the guy made the tackle. He was saying, let him go, because what happens at that point? They can run the clock all the way down. They got the first down inside the five, take a couple of knees, kick the field goal, Bills win. But here's the thing. You look at the probability scales and the odds, Carlin, if the Bills start that drive on the two-yard line rather than the 20-yard line, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to work the ball down into scoring range. That's not how it works. So John Harbaugh was playing the odds, and I can understand him doing that because he's got a defense that's suspect. Like, if he had confidence that his defense could make four stops against this Bills offense, then he would do that. But clearly he doesn't. And based on how they've been blowing leads in the past, I can't blame him for that, Carlin. I really can't. Uh, my other thing here, too, is, and this is going to sound, this might sound a little bit weird. If I can't definitively run Lamar Jackson on a play at that spot with his slippery and as bad as the conditions got Well, you did, though. But he did on the third down. I know. And Lamar slipped. I know. So you can't. You you just did it. This just happened. But this is my point. This is why I'm kicking the field goal. If I can't do that, which I just saw, I'm kicking the field goal and taking points there. 
Well, here's the thing that I would say. I don't have a problem with the Ravens doing what they tried to do, which is a couple of option routes and then running a flat flat seven combination um, and giving Lamar choices because guess what? In that circumstance with a wet track, the offense knows exactly where it's going, but the defense doesn't. So that's advantage offense. It just so happens that Buffalo was buttoned up when it came to that circumstance. They, they played the percentages. Also keeping in mind that the Ravens, in effect, cut the field in half so they don't have to defend the left side of the formation. It was only the right side of the formation. So there are some things in play where I could question the actual call, but I don't question the decision to go for it under those circumstances. I don't. And here's the deal. Again, you kick the three points. There's no guarantee that Buffalo is not going to be able to come back down and at least tie the game. My whole thing is John Harbaugh was trying to win the football game right then and there, and I don't blame him for that because he felt like even if he didn't get it right there, he was going to get another opportunity because there was so much time on the clock to have another possession and Justin Tucker to win it for him again. That's what he was thinking in his mind. If they get the ball on the two-yard line, the defense can pin them deep. It's a tie score. They're not going for it on fourth down. Punt it away. Get the ball at midfield. Tucker wins the game for us. That's exactly what he's saying. I don't know about that. Mm, I'm kind of with our buddy Brock Heward there. And Harbaugh did say that the defense was told to let Devin Singletary score. And Odafe Owe, who brought him down, said he was going for the strip, and he just went to the he went to the ground. He was going for the strip. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. He said, "If you watch it, he was going for the strip only, and then he just happened to go to the ground." Listen, but there's no Singletary might have had he the presence of mind to go down to the knee. Yeah. yeah, we've seen running backs do that in the past. Yep, we absolutely have. Yep. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. The other question though brings this though: when you look at these two teams, I don't think that it's so definitive at the moment, given the injuries that the Bills are that much better. What's really aggravating me about the Ravens, the Ravens should easily be 4-0, and mm. and they are doing this to themselves right now. Chris, like, I'm sorry, the Dolphins' comeback was nice. We know it's fluky. We know it's fluky. Yeah. And what happened yesterday, it wasn't fluky, but it also shouldn't happen. The Ravens are really doing themselves in right now. Yeah, but here's the thing, Carlin. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. The Ravens have got some warts. But the redeeming quality, like, here's the thing. The defense is atrocious, right? Mm. I mean, coming into week four, they had the worst defense in the National Football League. If it wasn't for the Detroit Lions, they would be the worst defense in the National Football League. But the one redeeming quality that the Ravens' defense has is they take the ball away. Yeah. Carl, Carlin, they got ten turnovers, ten takeaways on the season. They had two yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. They got a pick off of Josh Allen, and they stripped Devin Singletary early in the first half, which allowed them to get out to that 20-3 to start. So, that's the one thing that I feel good about with Baltimore on that side of the ball, even though they got to clean up you know, their secondary a little bit. But offensively, man, this is a really good team. This is a really good team. And, and you saw before it got really sloppy that that offense was humming for the Baltimore Ravens. It was. And then once the weather, the elements started to kick in, it slowed down a little bit for them. Um, I also think they, they relaxed a little bit, and that's something that you can't do against the Buffalo Bills. But – yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think it's as cut and dry and saying that the Bills are better than the Ravens. I, I have more confidence in what the Baltimore Ravens are going to become, and I have more questions about what the Buffalo Bills are going to be as the season progresses. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. So that's the question to you. Are the Bills and the Ravens still right there with the Chiefs, or are they definitively behind them? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and... Is anybody 
as good as the Philadelphia Eagles right now? Is anybody? Canty and Carlin, hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-729-3776. We are hitting your calls here momentarily. Also a reminder that starting today, you can watch us live on the ESPN app. Just open up the ESPN app, hit watch on the bottom tab, bang, right there. There you are. You're welcome. Simple as that. (laughs) Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Up next, it's a new era in Pittsburgh. Might be a little bit too late. (laughs) You will see the fan side of me come out in a moment. Let's go. also Also known as irrational. Let's go. ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Normally, this song pumps me up. Not right now. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. You just heard one of the calls on WDVE in Pittsburgh. Listen, I love my team. Don't get me wrong. No, it doesn't sound like it. I do. I it just, does not sound like it. I, 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 Chris, it's a couple of things. What's up? It's exactly what I told you at the beginning of the year. They're not very good. They're not very good. And, and listen, you can say whatever you want, okay? A couple of things here. Number one, Trubisky was awful. We know this. And turning to Kenny Pickett is the smart thing to do, but it doesn't mean they're going to go and win games because they turn to Kenny Pickett. Maybe he gives them a little more juice, but he's also a guy that you saw right away. There was a reason he wasn't playing yet because he's taking shots and making mistakes that you can't afford to make if you want to win games. He threw three interceptions yesterday including his very first pass. Yeah, but one of those inter- interceptions doesn't matter. It was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. All right, game. two it's interceptions. Inconse- it's inconsequential. Fine. I, I get that there was some juice there, but bottom line to me is <laughs> they're, they're not a very good team because they let the Jets go down the field on them twice in the last seven and a half minutes. They had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and they let that go against the Jets. Mm. That's not a good football team. And T.J. Watt does make a major difference. 
this year, and really any time he has been out, the defense is a full yard worse per play. A full yard worse per play. That's a lot. And I see a defense right now that is not special in any way. And if they thought they were going to win a lot of games because of it, without what, they're not. And now you just ride Kenny Pickett and see what happens this year as far as his growth. I don't even focus on wins and losses. Season's over at 1-3. and three. If I were to ask you this, let me ask you this question. If you had a defense through the first three weeks of the NFL season that was on the field 36 minutes a game, how would you feel about that that offense? I obviously wouldn't feel good about it. You wouldn't and, feel good about it. And I know that offense, that's right. the case. What I'm saying is this. You're asking your defense that scored once again on or almost scored once again on defense. They basically gifted the ball to the offense in point blank range. Essentially scored on defense. You're asking them to do more than what they've done already and I feel like that's a bit unfair. When you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers they're not giving up a ton of points. They gave up the drive to Zach Wilson where he went six for six. That's fine. When did that happen in the fourth quarter? When your defense was probably tired as hell, Carlin, because they're on the field all the time. And that's the thing that Mike Tomlin got tired of watching, his defense being sold out because the offense with Mitch Trubisky as quarterback can't have any productivity. Now, I get it. The first pass that Kenny Pickett threw was a pick. But you left something out in that story. The next two drives were touchdown drives for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, oh, I'm sorry, Kenny Pickett was the one punching it in. The next, yeah, he was punching it in from the four-yard line exactly, after the, after the exactly. interception. Okay, okay. That's not a drive. But that's what, three but, plays okay, or two but plays. That, but that's more than Mitch Trubisky. When's the last time we see this offense have back-to-back touchdown drives? But Chris, this is in no way a case for Mitch Trubisky no, but over that, Kenny but that's, Pickett. But that's what I'm saying, though, Carlin. And here's the deal. Kenny Pickett did come in. He made a nice throw to Pat Fryermuth in the scene and ended up Behind getting him. A, it was <laughs> Carlin, he kept them away from the safety. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to give credit to where credit is due. The kid made a nice throw. Tight end got the ball inside the five-yard line. Then, ultimately, he was able to punch it in with another quarterback sneak. We're looking for juice on offense. The offense is responding with Kenny Pickett in. What happens when the kid gets all of the starting snaps during a week's prep? Like, think about that. Kenny Pickett didn't go into last week getting all of the starters reps. That was Mitch Trubisky. So the kid is at a deficit going into that game. Put him in there for the full week. Let him get the playbook. Let him get the game plan. Feel comfortable. The coaching staff, Matt Kennedy, they're going to ask him what he feels comfortable with, what he doesn't feel comfortable with. Tailor the game plan toward Kenny Pickett, and then let's see what the kid does. But I don't think there's any question that both sides of the ball responded when Kenny Pickett was in the game. And I'll say this. This is my last point. And this is really pointing the finger of blame at Mike Tomlin. Yes, it is. If, I know if, where you're if, going. If Kenny Pickett was ready to come in and try to save the day at halftime in week four, Kenny Pickett was ready to be your opening day starter. Yeah. Your record wouldn't be much worse than it is right now. Chris, That I totally agree with that. This is not about Kenny Pickett playing versus Trubisky. What it's about is a team that they thought was actually much better than it is. And yes, when you take away Watt, that's a huge deal. But this offense through the first four games of the year, do I think that Pickett would have stepped in and this would be a lot different? Would they be having the ball a, a minute or two longer a game? Maybe. But they're only that having makes the ball it, 20 that, makes it, they're, they're, that makes a difference, they're though. They're second to last in, in time of possession right now. And 
I also don't love the idea, to your point, that instead of it at the very least starting him against the Jets in week four, if you weren't ready to do that, now his first start is going to come on the road at Buffalo. And then follow that up with Tampa at home, who, yes, they got shredded, but we know they're a very good defense. Like, these next couple of weeks are not going to be pretty, and they are going to be sitting there at 1-5 and five headed to Miami. I mean, honestly, you, you could be looking at 1-6, and 1-7. and seven. This, The season, as far as the team is concerned, is over. And it's not because they're playing picket. It's because just overall, they're not nearly as good as they thought they were. Yeah, I, you know, we can debate this all day long. We're up against the break, but I disagree. I think the defense is better than what you're willing to give them credit for, even without T.J. Watt. I just think their defense hasn't been locked down because uh, they've been on the field the entire time. It's a byproduct of your offense just being atrocious. I, listen, I get it. it. It's definitely playing a role. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. As I said, you're going to get the fan part of me and not the rational part of me right there, <laughs> and that's what you got. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. My friends, listen. You know how I feel about this already. But on the other side of that game yesterday, hmm, that was something to behold. You might even call it something that was top five of what I saw. Hmm. That's on the way. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It's top five time. And as you know, there's only one guy that you know that is positive all the time, and that's me. Ha! <laughs> this is definitely not your forte, brother. No. You do not like being in the penthouse. You like Hell living in the no. gutter. Yeah, this is stay in your lane. But here I am. I'm out of the lane, and we are going to make it happen, Captain, with a little top five, bottom five from the big fella. Here's Carlin with the top five. Kenny will have the bottom five later. That was a heck of an intro. Here's that Carlin. Was, that with was the top a great, five. great intro. Yeah, really. You, built you up teed things. it up. It was perfect. Yeah. Just building up so much but anticipation. I li- but, but I like the music. You know, we got the bed of the NFL music. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Prime time with Boom and Booger. This is this is perfect. Exactly. It's ready for you to roll. All right. Well, let's do it. Number five. Number five. I can't believe I'm actually saying these four words are in the top five. The Atlanta Falcons running backs. What? Now, Cordero Patterson, unfortunately, went on IR today. But they rushed for 202 yards against the Browns yeah, yesterday. They did. Yeah, they and, did. Chris, they ran right at them. Yeah. They made no 
no bones about what they were going to do. Listen. Did you have Caleb Huntley on the bingo card? I, I did not. <laughs> Who's the other guy? Algier yeah, something? Yeah. Algie Crumpler? No, that yeah. was an old no, no. tight end. Yeah. yeah. You, you get the point. They are not a good team, okay? Not going to say they are, but they're 2-2, two and two, and they barreled over a defense that was supposed to be pretty darn good yesterday. Yeah, they did. So let's give them a little bit of love. Number four. Here's another sentence that I'm happy to say, but it has taken entirely too long to be able to say. The New York Jets resemble a professional football team. Wow. The New York Jets resemble a professional football team. And I mean that in every sense. Twice now, Chris, what, you know, people could say teams blow leads and all that stuff. Twice now, there are so many times that this happens where the door is left open later in games and other teams are not nearly good enough to go and take advantage of it, the Jets have now done that twice. And I have to give them credit for that because so many other ones, when it doesn't happen, we don't talk about that. The other team just, well, they just weren't good enough to do it. They took the game over and say what you will, Zach Wilson did exactly what you have talked about being the most important thing that you can do. Play your best when your best is required. No doubt. In the fourth quarter yesterday, Zach Wilson played his best when it was required, and made the throws. And that's what they needed to see. I give them credit. The Jets are in the top five. Number three. Number three is is Patrick Mahomes. And I know it seems easy to do, right? But no, we sat here the other day talking about how the dude is still underrated. And he's underrated in your top five. Yes. (laughs) You got him at three. It's disrespectful. (laughs) It might be. But... We, we spent time on this the other day, and he went out and destroyed the number one defense in the NFL. This And it wasn't even like, he threw for 250 yards, okay. But it's not like that. It's He just humiliated them at different points. You got to see it. Yes. You got to see like, it. Like, there were so many deflating plays and sacks he's getting out of and, and making plays where something wasn't there at all that it's just got to kill you. The guy just wanted to remind America that he is the best there is. So he is, and probably still so, underrated just, just at number a, three. Just a word to the wise, don't blitz Pat Mahomes. Oh, my God, please Todd, learn. Todd, learn. I'm not sure that you, matter learn. Fact, I, I am sure you didn't get the memo. The rest of the NFL knows, don't blitz, don't blitz Pat Mahomes. By the way. Chiefs blitzed Tom Brady quite a bit yesterday. It worked out okay. Yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. I thought they knocked him out of the game in that second quarter. Mm -hmm. LeJarrius Sneed, I'm just saying. Spent a little time Number two. Chris, I love America. I love this country. You know why I love this country? Why? Because a guy like Geno Smith can lead the NFL in passing completion percentage. Yes, we can. How about Geno Smith? Geno Smith for president? Yes, we can. It's better than some choices we've had. <laughs> he is sixth in quarterback rating after four games. This wow. is a great country. I give him credit. You know what? Geno Smith deserves it. Mm-hmm. He's taken a lot of hits over the years, so to speak. Yeah. And wow. In this in this case, hell no. He deserves this. He has played very well, and the Seahawks are in a much better place than we would have ever anticipated. <laughs> Wow, how do you give the guy props and take a shot all in the same damn time? That's what this country and Geno Smith let you do. Wow. Last two games for Geno, though, in all seriousness, 645 yards, four touchdowns, one interception.
Pretty, Gino. Pretty damn good. God bless you. Almost as good as IK's right hook. <laughs> Almost. Number one. Jalen Hurts is the real deal. If you just, I don't, I don't get you people who don't listen. Just listen. We tell you, just listen. Because am I wrong 52% of the time? Yes, but I'm right 48% of the time. And this is one of the 48%. Jalen Hurts, the numbers are not going to blow you away when you look at them. But again, when we go back to the old eye test, when you watch the guy play, he makes every winning play that you have to make. And I go to the fourth down yesterday. Nick Sirianni had the faith in him. He didn't have anything, and he still makes it happen. He went through, what, three progressions, four progressions at the time, didn't have anything, still found a way to score. Still found a way to score. That's what winners do. Jalen Hurts is a winner, and the Philadelphia Eagles have absolutely found their franchise quarterback. Most impressive part of Jalen Hurts' performance yesterday, threw a pick six early in that game, down by 14, and was able to engineer a comeback. And Chris? He's checking boxes every single week, Carlin. And him being able to come back from adversity and perform the way he did in the second quarter and in the second half, that just shows you the mental toughness and the leadership traits, the intangibles that we've been talking about with Jalen Hurts. Well, that's the one thing that I would compare him to Patrick Mahomes on. Nothing physical, the leadership moment there. Because he is as cool as a cucumber, even when you're down two touchdowns before you can blink. And even when he doesn't play well. Exactly. Yep. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Canty will have your bottom five coming up a little bit later in the show. Now, what was really interesting about Jalen Hurts and his performance yesterday is what he had to say about his former coach after the game and what it actually means. You're going to find out next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You miss Canty and Carlin. I actually got a chance to see C.J. Stroud over the weekend. Rutgers playing Ohio State. Yeah. By the way, maybe you should listen. Told you to take the points. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Relax. <laughs> I, I know you want a peacock. We'll get there. I'm not, we're gonna peacock give, is not the word. We're going to give you your flowers, okay? Uh, peacock when it is comes not the to word. that kind of stuff. Well. So, two things. Number one, I got to say, wasn't that impressed with what I saw from C.J. Stroud this weekend. Now, Rutgers made a concerted effort, even with a team that's as balanced as they are, to take away the pass as much as they could Mm -hmm. because that's the way the game gets away from you quickly, right? So, 
it, it got away from 20, anyway. 28 7 8 quickly? That was the score at the end of the first half. It was, that wasn't quickly? It, 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 <laughs> listen, could have gotten ugly. Listen, Stroud only threw for 154. Okay. Two touchdowns, one right. pick. It's a problem when Mayan Williams goes off That's what, running the football. Well, everybody went off. They, they ran the ball 34 times for 252. And most of it and was five, Williams. And five touchdowns, Carlin. And that was Williams. Okay, congratulations. Yes. I, I, I am not out here taking bows. I'm trying to tell you, I didn't look. I didn't. Think, well, you say, well, they only you, had 300 some yards total. Offense in a well, game. Well, Carlin, you're saying you're not impressed with C.J. Stroud when you got six DBs on the field. I can understand why C.J. Stroud ain't gonna put up big numbers. Okay, well, I'm, I'm telling you that he missed some throws. I didn't think it was, a, oh, a, a gra- was. and I think he made mistakes on a couple of throws. I'm not gonna he sit here and pick. tell you. Okay, he threw a pick. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that he's bad. Of course not. Okay, but as much as I watched Justin Fields two years ago in a very similar situation make some really eye popping throws. In this particular case, and I saw Stroud last year, too, I didn't see those eye-popping throws this year. Mm-hmm. So I just look at it and say, okay, I thought it was a decent game for him. I didn't think it was a, one of his best. Yeah, instead of eye-popping throws, you got to see a brawl between a punter and a Rutgers player. All right, so here's what happened. There was, <laughs> was no brawl. It, it was, was a brawl. It was an incident. Was, are we going to downplay it? Because, no, here's what happened. Because you work for Rutgers? No, no, no. Trust me, no. Uh, because the Rutgers player, Aaron Cruikshank, was dead wrong for what he did. Okay. So what? here's what happened. They lined up as late in the fourth quarter. Ohio State goes to punt. Uh, Rutgers lined up with eight on the line almost hinting that they may come after it. Mm-hmm. But they peeled back two guys on the gunners to go back and set up the return. Okay. So there's your tip, right? But I guess there was an adjustment that the punter saw, and they must have some kind of automatic call when you see this go, except nobody told him it's 49-10. So he ran a fake punt, and the Rutgers returner hit him going well, out of listen, bounds. Well, listen, everybody else for Ohio State is getting theirs. Why shouldn't the punter get his? They ran the ball for 250 yards, just saying. Yeah, well, I didn't remember it. Canty's right. Canty and I are talking about what just happened with the Rutgers Ohio State game. Meanwhile, the Eagles are absolutely rolling right now. Four and zero, the only the only undefeated team left in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts, that MVP talk, it's going to get a little louder. As we go along here, it's going to get a little louder. Of course, Patrick Mahomes should have something to say about that. But you will hear more about Jalen Hurts, I guarantee you that, coming up. You should hear more about Jalen Hurts, but Carlin, it just speaks to the point about Pat Mahomes that we've been making for the last couple of weeks. He is the most disrespected quarterback in the National Football League. Oh, he absolutely is. And, is. And, it's, it's, and we're not going to make this segment about Patrick Mahomes. No, we're going to make is this. This is a Jalen Hurts segment because well, Jalen Hurts deserves it after the performance that he had yesterday. It was Absolutely magnificent, especially in the second quarter and the second half. And I really paid attention to what he said after the game, which I really found very interesting when talking about Doug Peterson. Of course, you remember Doug was Eagles coach and was there the first year when Jalen Hurts was drafted. And the thought initially, there had been some debate back and forth as to who really wanted Jalen Hurts on the team. And anything that I had ever heard that I believed was that it was Doug Peterson who wanted him there because he wanted somebody to push Wentz. You're not drafting a quarterback in the second round to be a backup. So with all of that in mind, whether it was Howie Roseman who wanted Jalen Hurts or Doug Peterson, Hurts made it pretty clear here who it was. 
Well, I think it's also worth noting before we play the clip from Hertz, Howie Roseman paid Carson Wentz the offseason before they drafted Jalen Hurts. Yes. He paid him a long-term Less contract extension. Less than a year later. Exactly. He drafted him. He yep. drafted him. So that's something to keep in mind, context for this whole Jalen Hurts conversation and what Jalen Hurts had to say about Doug Peterson after yesterday's game. And remember that Howie Roseman traded up twice to get Wentz and then paid him. That's it. And then a year later, they're drafting Hurts. So here's Jalen on his relationship with Doug Peters. Well, I have a lot of respect for Doug, as I've said all week. Um, and, you know, just, excuse me, I, I told Doug, I told Doug, like, I, I really appreciate you and I have a lot of respect for you. Um, and I told him, I said, I, I thank you because you're the reason why I'm here. You're the reason why I'm here. That says everything to me because <laughs> Jalen Hurts is in Philadelphia because Doug Peterson wanted him there. Here's why Doug Peterson isn't in Philadelphia anymore. Howie Roseman wants to be the head, wants to be the GM, the coach. He wants to run every single little thing. You could have stopped at just saying Howie Roseman, period. Yeah. That's it. That's the only reason Doug Peterson isn't in Philly. They got a statue of the man out in front of the stadium. As bad as that was for Carson Wentz to walk past and see Nick Foles, how do you think Howie Roseman feels walking past Doug Peterson's statue? Probably not great. And you know what made it worse? Yesterday, when Doug Peterson comes out as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he gets a standing ovation at the link. Yep. Carlin, how many times you seen that at Lincoln Financial? The opposing coach getting a standing O from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Never. You Even never if they're see a former that. coach. Never see him. I don't remember what Andy's first return to Lincoln Financial Field it was. It didn't look like that. No. I can promise you it didn't look like that. No. No. It didn't happen. No. I don't remember Philadelphia Eagles players doing a jersey swap with the head coach of the other team. Jason Kelsey went over to him, in case you missed it, mm. and gave him a massive hug after the game Yep, and asked Doug for his jacket so yeah. that because Doug's obviously not wearing a jersey. Yeah. So let's do a swap. Here's Let's do a jacket. And, and that's how much those guys loved Doug Peterson. Loved him. So now we got to ask the question, Carlin, and it's not us asking this question. I think it's, it's it should be everybody asking this question because Philadelphia is the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Who's more responsible for the Eagles being here right now? Is it Doug Peterson or is it the GM, Harry Roseman? And I would make the argument, although Harry Roseman has made some nice moves, drafting Devonta Smith, Trading for A.J. Brown. After he drafted uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And, J- and, and Jalen Rager. Exactly. So we got to keep those busts in Exactly. Mind. Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson still remains. Well, how, how did you miss that? That big, video fella? of Mike Zimmer like, oh, oh, they took him? Yeah. Okay. And then the Andre Dillard bust. Oof. But he, he listen, he found Jordan Maiata, so credit to him, even though Maiata was out yesterday. But here's the thing. Who's more responsible for the Eagles being where they're at right now? I could make the argument that most of the core pieces for that team were Doug Peterson guys. Yeah. And I would say that Doug Peterson is probably more responsible because guess what? Doug Peterson is the one that put the stamp of approval and made the move to draft Jalen Hurts even when they had Carson Wentz. This team is not where they're at right now with Carson Wentz as their quarterback. They're not. Nope. Jalen Hurts has grown that much as a player at the position. And then when everything they got around him, that defensive line, that offensive line, the overall grit that they play with, I don't know, man. I I think you make the argument that this is still a team that has Doug Peterson's fingerprints on it in a significant way. And I think you saw the respect level that everybody who had played for Peterson showed yesterday 
for him. Yes. And how much they love him. Yes. Now, having said that, with Roseman, there are certain executives in all professional sports who their best skill of all may be playing the media. And nobody's better at it in football than Howie Roseman. Mm. And what I mean by playing the media, when you feed the information to people and, you know, you give them little things they're to get them on your side. They're going to paint you in a better they're light. They're going to give it to you on your side. And I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know specifically who he leads, leads yeah. things to, but there's a reason the guy doesn't get knocked very much nationally. Well, that's because he learned his lesson from the Chip Kelly era of Eagles yeah, football. because he, I mean, he, he was out. He was out. He was rendered powerless. Chip Kelly had final say over the roster and all the football decisions. That wasn't Howie Roseman. Nothing happened without Chip Kelly signing off on it and – once Chip Kelly was ousted from the Eagles, Howie Roseman, probably in a quiet moment with himself, vowed never to allow that to happen again where the head coach would be able to dictate to the general manager. And that's why Howie Roseman was trying to run Doug Peterson out of town, especially after he won that Super Bowl. Yep. Absolutely. That's how it went down. And now it's worked out because he was able to identify Nick Sirianni, and Sirianni feels like he's a good head coach, even though the press conference initially didn't go that well. No, but the Eagles are never going to have a coach again with a massively strong personality who's going to look to control the situation. Or a coach that's going to be able to have say over the roster. Yeah. No, that's, that's not, not going to – not while Howie Roseman is the general manager. The other thing that we all know, we all know people in all walks of life who are outstanding at managing up to their bosses – that's another one. Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie, exceptionally close, and I think he has done a really good job of ingratiating himself. Check out Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.